But before we get into anything else, we take a look at the big stories in the marketplace uh, today. And uh, joining me this evening to take a look at these stories is uh, Zuela Kemguni, uh, who is uh, the founder at uh, Benguela Global Fund Managers and uh, Chief Investment Officer. Kwabe, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening, Aya. Good evening to your listeners. Yeah, how are you doing, brother? I'm good, good. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, any expectations in the next few minutes or so of what the president might say to us? Uh, I would guess that he'd probably try and tighten uh, the the movement of people yes. a bit, but uh, I can't speculate exactly sure. what, where, in which areas. But um, yeah. I think people are worried more about the alcohol more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, no, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Kwabe, a lot of news coming out of Alexander Forbes in the last while. Uh, I mean, we saw over the last day or so a news that uh, Sanlam would be uh, acquiring, uh, you know, the uh, uh, business, certainly a, a deal that's been uh, long in the coming, it seems. And uh, now they are also out shopping for some acquisitions in the employee benefits space. Um, uh, yeah, what will this mean for the kind of Alexander Forbes that might come out of this? Um, because we do know, I guess, the pension funds administration space um, is a historic mainstay for them. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I think uh, Alexander Forbes has been working hard over the last five years to try and clean up their business. And I think they, they've uh, cut a lot of uh, costs and basically selling some of the businesses. So they basically sold their uh, life insurance business to uh, Sunlam. And on the other hand, they're looking for their administration business, which is, as you say, their mainstay. I mean, they, they, they are... They, Administration business would essentially complement their other businesses uh, where they do uh, asset consulting, they do multi-management. Those type of businesses, basically by having access to these uh, assets that they would be administrating, uh, that would give them an opportunity to basically render even more service, so more uh, cross-sell. And of course, I mean, I, I guess many people might have been expecting this just because of, um, you know, the shifts at a very high level in terms of personnel, uh, you know, uh, in the case of the Sanlam deal. But I guess, you know, um, if, if you're doing that type of deal activity, you might be flush with some money. Uh, and uh, this can be expected, I guess. It's, it's that mood uh, as well, like where, uh, you know, consolidation seems to be in the wind. Indeed. I think, I think uh, the, the financial services sector... Uh, is due for a consolidation. And the essence of it is that, as you say, I mean, there, there is a, a quite a bit of money that is uh, looking for a home. And these executives are looking to apply it in, in, in some of these acquisitions. And I think the, the goal is to try and buy attractive assets now with the hope that they'll deliver growth uh, in the long term. So you can essentially unlock some value in that. So uh, I think uh, it, it is not surprising, but uh, it's always a tricky business that that acquisition, as you and I know about. Mm, about no, it. definitely. I mean, uh, and I guess there's also other questions. I mean, you know, these are the guys who um, are operating in an environment where people massive retrenchments are happening across the board. Um, uh, from from a capital perspective, I mean, is this the time with what with the third wave coming? Uh, do you shore up, uh, you know, your your reserves, um, or do you go out for an acquisition like this? Look, I, th- I think their reserves are healthy. Uh, I mean, uh, Alexander Forbes is, has got some healthy reserves. So uh, I think the big thing, the, the opportunities now when there is a lot of uncertainty, there is a lot of uh, pressure and pain mm. uh, in the economy to basically uh, look for 
attractive opportunities. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a trade-off between uh, valuation mm. uh, that you can get now versus uh, what you can pay later when things are stable. Mm, mm. Let's take a look now at uh, uh, the fairest uh, story here. Quite an interesting one. I mean, uh, this uh, merger here, the board of Arrowhead, which is, uh, I guess, the target company, giving the green light uh, to this uh, uh, particular merger. Uh, talk to me about the two players here. I mean, uh, the, ki- the type of real estate that Fairvest uh, would have in its portfolio vis-a-vis that of Arrowhead, which is uh, spaces in retail, office, and industrial space. Yeah, so, so Fairvest is predominantly more um, uh, rural, sub-urban kind of uh, uh, areas uh, mm. in terms of their own retail uh, assets in those in those areas, and uh, they've got a portfolio of about uh, three billion. And on the other hand, uh, uh, Arrowhead has got a portfolio that is made up of uh, retail, uh, industrial, and office. And I think the office market is probably going to be under pressure for quite some time, given that. Our vaccine rollout means that people might have to still work from uh, home. And that would imply that uh, some companies would really look at their space needs and therefore mm. there might be uh, more vacancies. And certainly the Arrowhead uh, office section was struggling. I mean, the vacancy rate was, I think, around 17% last mm. time I checked, mm. which is extremely high. Now, I mean... Safari itself, uh, or I should say Fairvest uh, itself, uh, not so long ago was a takeover target for, you know, a Safari investment. So this is around 2019 or so, I think, in the start of 2020. Um, so it does seem that there's significant amount of activity that uh, might be hovering and happen- happening around Fairvest. Um, and I guess this is a perfect opportunity to diversify the mix of, uh, um, you know, properties that they have in their portfolio. Indeed. Uh, I, I think the, the whole sector is due for a consolidation. And again, uh, as you pointed out about uh, money being available, I, th- I think the sector had for years uh, been getting uh, the benefit of rising valuation because the economy was growing, uh, the interest rates were going down, so the, the valuations were, were going higher. And for a long time, many of them were actually recognizing those gains on valuations uh, through their uh, income statement. The problem that has happened now is that uh, we, we seem to be at the bottom, and they now need to generate real cash to basically sustain themselves. Uh, and there is a big uh, challenge that they now need to combine their assets because some of the assets are not... Uh, maybe uh, big enough in a certain area, guys might be shifting portfolios around at this point in time. Like I say, I mean, the, the office space is probably an area where people are going to be running away from. Mm, mm. Maybe then a last one, uh, Kwabe, before we let you go. Um, yeah, what's happening out in uh, Ladysmith? What do you make of that? I mean, uh, seemingly a, a 21st century diamond rush, uh, resembling much of what we saw in the Northern Cape uh, in the late 19th century. Yeah, I, I never thought I'd see this uh, with my own eyes, but uh, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, I, I think that there appears to be an abundance of diamonds uh, in the area of Ladysmith. Somehow that's been discovered recently. And uh, the communities, and certainly there are people that come from other areas that are 
basically descend into the area to, to try and uh, extract the, the diamonds for themselves. The one big thing is that, uh, I'm strictly speaking, that no person is allowed to mine without a mining permit. So I think uh, the government uh, was talking about maybe going there and doing assessment and, and maybe bringing some structure permits. to the whole process. <laughs> they must give people permits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they certainly need to give them mm. permits, and, and that might be a, something that might help with uh, uh, unemployment. Sure, and maybe sure. that area could actually uh, reawaken. Uh, the, the town is uh, deteriorated like many other uh, smaller mm. towns in South Africa. Mm, mm, definitely, and I think that's a, a major concern. I mean, if you think about um, you know, some of the secondary type towns like a Ladysmith and uh, many others, uh, you know, there's, there's a big need for this type of injection. Uh, but uh, I mean, maybe just a backstory here as well. Like, who who gave the signal that uh, hey, there might be some diamonds here or whatever? Or is there a traditional miner in the space uh, who has potentially said, you know, hey, this place is is flush uh, with uh, all manner of uh, diamonds? I, I'm not sure exactly how the origins uh, came about in terms of uh, people uh, finding out, but I think. Once there was one person who found out, I mean, it was like, like you said, a gold rush, mm. uh, similar to a gold rush. So uh, I think the, it's a function of also the socioeconomic conditions. Sure. People want to try and get out of poverty and diamonds are, could be lucrative uh, and the, the people need to be given licenses mm. uh, to basically... Uh, assist themselves out of uh, this poverty. Yeah. I mean, look, diamonds are quite a, if we think about it, I mean, I was saying earlier on the monopoly of De Beers and uh, we can talk about the whole site holder system and how, you know, that has created some market dominance for for De Beers in that value chain. But uh, it's not the kind of thing you go and you stand at Brie and sell, right? It's, um, it's something that, uh, you know, needs certain certification. If you think about the Kimberley process, how's that yes. going to work in this case? Well, I, I think the government provides the licenses to, to the people. Yeah. It, it should certainly lead to them being able to the, the produce being formalized. So the government could set up a diamond buyer uh, that can then formalize that whole process uh, of buying and selling diamonds. And basically from there, it could be uh, moved into the... Uh, utilization markets so like the jewelry markets for example mm. uh, it, it could be moved that way i mean i, I know for example Botswana moved the whole diamond auctioning process from Antwerp back to uh Habroni. Mm. predominantly we're gonna have to pause there my brother because i see the first citizen has already started okay. to address us but thank you very much for your time my brother as always thank you cheers south africans now feel tough